You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of splatterpictures.net. Hey everybody, it's Wes, Dead Air Nipe, here with... Typical Lydia. Typical Lydia, now and forever, or until I find someone better. (laughs) (laughs) Today we're talking about the 2009 direct-to-DVD slasher, The Hills Run Red. Uh, Lydia, so tell me your thoughts. Initially, initial thoughts. Initial thoughts, I really enjoyed this movie. It's going to sound like I hated it a lot because I pick at it a lot, but I pick at it because I love, you know. It's it's an entertaining film, and I'm, it's, I'm hard-pressed to find a film that I don't hate with every fiber in my body or, you know, like argue with other people. I just flat-out really enjoy this movie. It's fun, and I like it. But what is it? So the concept behind the movie is that uh, a group of young film enthusiasts or filmmakers to be hear about this legend of a horror movie that was supposed to be so scary, so shocking that it was banned. The director is missing. None of the cast is around anymore. And so it's this quest to find this one great scary horror film and so they sort of go on an adventure to get it that's the basic premise what you basically get out of that is a somewhat self-aware slasher in the same vein as scream or behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon where you have people sort of picking apart this particular subgenre of horror and trying to run with it anyway by at the same time acknowledging that it's happening as a slasher would. So it's been done before. It's been done to much greater fame with like Wes Craven doing Scream and stuff like that. So what what is it about this particular one that you find better than, let's say, the others? I I don't want to say better. Because, you want to say better? Because like, we've, we've pointed out it's a direct-to-DVD. It is direct-to-DVD. It doesn't have a huge following. It... Direct-to-DVD doesn't mean bad, though. Oh, no, I'm not saying that means bad, but it's not like theater worthy it's not scream it doesn't have 20 sequels it's not uh, a Wes Craven's baby by any means but it what I really really like about it is it does instead of just picking on the genre and and straight up mentioning and, and name dropping all these great horror movies it sort of just pulls from them in in a really like subtle way like you had mentioned that um it was uh, so gory it was banned or something, which feeds into the the myth of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. How it was, you know, drive-ins, people were throwing up in the aisles, and it was it was banned here and there, and it was too gory to be seen. And yeah, which is funny because it's really that movie, like you know, it doesn't even really show that much. No, no. And uh, yeah, but the, the title, the meat the, hook thing, it doesn't yeah, the meat- actually ever happen. Well, it depends what cut you see. But um, yeah, yeah. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre was definitely one of those things where it was the name and then people just inserted their own own extra scenes with it. But uh, the mythology of uh, Cannibal Holocaust, where everyone mm -hmm. disappeared for a year and and things like that. Well, they thought it was a snuff film. They They thought it was real. Um, and then, of course, when you watch Cannibal Holocaust, it's—I mean, it's an—it's interesting. Uh, 
I would say is sort of like a historically interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I I wouldn't even really say it's all that great. And to me, maybe it's just because you know you see so much horror, and now in in modern times, like you know, special effects have come to a certain point, and then you look at the stuff that like Cannibal Holocaust, and it's not. Uh, I, like I don't know how anyone would think it was real. Because it's it's obviously special effects and and uh, stuff like that, and with yeah. the exception of like the killing of real animals, which is a whole other conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, what I liked about the Hills Run Red is the fact that instead of having um, like you said, people picking on the genre, uh, you you had just like one cynical character sort of rolling his eyes at things that people do in horror movies, you know, going away from a metropolitan area to the middle of nowhere, not having any technology, not having any way out. And he brought a gun. He, he brought like, he he brought a gun, yeah. he brought flares. Mm-hmm. And and they had phone reception, uh which was funny, but what I liked about what I liked about this was the killer in in the movie was sort of taking real world logic and using it to his advantage, using the cell phones himself, using the gun himself mm-hmm. as opposed to just sticking to, well, I'm just going to like kill you with farm equipment and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, chase him with pitchforks. Yeah. Chase him with pitchforks when he when he's holding a gun, right? Or or like I said, using like he doesn't know where the he doesn't know where the the girl is, mm-hmm. so he calls her cell phone from her friend's phone, and then that of course it rings, and then oh well, there she yeah, is. Yeah, using all this the stuff against him, using the gun against him, and the and the cell phone and such. So uh, I remember you saying when we were watching the movie, uh, there was uh, certain parts about that you didn't like, and yeah. it isn't. Let's talk about what we hate. Well, what we hated, sure. Uh, so, what exactly did you think was like a miss uh, for this exact uh, movie? The biggest miss: lack of research in the drug use scene. That was the very first one where I sat back and mentioned it, and again with the. Uh, film diarrhea that they continuously spew out. Sure, they're film students, and like you said, it's like anything that any film student would just barf out. But it's worse than that because it rings really hollow, and it's like they've only learned anything that they spew out about the um, the philosophy. Right. Yeah, it's the philosophy of filmmaking that they're spewing out sounds so canned, like they've only learned it from other films and only learned it from mm-hmm. other characters' dialogue, not anything they mm-hmm. actually learned in film school. So I it's a hazard to guess that none of these people actually attended any film school right. or read any phil- philosophy of filmmaking. Uh, same with the drug scenes. It seems that they don't know anyone that's ever taken drugs. They've never seen somebody detox off of hard drugs. Which is weird <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, you'd think. And... That they've only ever seen drug use portrayed fictionally in other films or maybe books. Uh, that's where it seems that they're only fodder for any of their linchpin of character flaws. Like, their they're, they're character flaw in that girl with their drug use that they have to break for what reason? So there's this whole scene in the movie where uh, the main character is going to find this actress who was in the movie uh, who was in the movie as a child and she just so happened to also be the daughter of the director and so he finds her she's strung out on heroin and coke or whatever some combination of the the two and uh so they have like this detox scene where he's getting her off the drugs and it's so 
she can think straight and so she'll help him. I'm not exactly sure what the motivation of it was other than the fact that he wanted to show her that he's serious so he tied her to a bed and was just going to hold her there until she was no longer on the drugs. Which, by the way, is how it works. If you have an addiction, you just take the, the addiction away from someone and say, oh, well, you're cured. Yeah, you just tie him to a bed for three days and it's done. Yeah. Jane's Addiction wrote a song about it. Three days, man. That's all it takes. But... <laughs> Like you pointed out, is this all part of her big plan? Right. I, again, uh, spoiler alerts. Uh, it turns out that this woman is actually luring them to the grounds because her father is a crazy person and wants to film the best horror movie that he can, and that's by actually killing people. And and she's there to sort of bring them there. And so, it, it, again, it begs the question of, well, what's the, what was the point of that? Is she actually strung out on drugs and is this all part of her plan to like get detoxed and then what? But uh, I guess they also they, they kind of implied the fact that her being off the drugs is what made her the more competent killer out of the, the, she said you're special, you are you help me uh, you know that kind of stuff towards the end which Interestingly, the first time I saw the movie, I didn't pick that up. And then when we watched it uh, just now, I was like, oh, maybe that's their attempt at explaining. Maybe they need another montage. Maybe that's what they needed is another montage. <laughs> they, they do have a lot of weird montages, weird cuts from that don't seem to have anything to do with anything. Like there are scenes that are flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, there are scenes that. It's kind of frustrating, actually, because in an hour and a half movie, I don't really know how much you need to actually recap for the audience that literally has just sat here and watched the movie. It seems like mm-hmm. a waste of film. Mm-hmm. But there's other flashbacks or memories. When he touches the poster. When, yeah. And he has what it's the, the only explanation is that he touches the poster and he has a flashback yeah. of Babyface coming at him. Yeah. And this is from a film he's never seen. Yeah. And... It just it seems like you said, like it's a it's a it's a Vietnam War flashback. Yeah, he's just like, oh man, the horror, the horror. Baby face came after me. Whoa. Which never ever happened. Which hadn't happened to him yet. Maybe he just maybe he just watched that trailer so much <laughs> that it just became, you know. He was having just, maybe it wasn't a flashback. It was a premonition. It was a premonition. They just didn't. They didn't set it up properly. We 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 didn't get that. That's a whole other. That's a whole other movie. The Hills Run Red Two. Stifler has psychic powers. <laughs> There's another Stifler. <laughs> There's another Stifler. No, sorry, but yeah. <laughs> um, it's that minute and a half long flashback where they recap the entire thing. And you had said like this is in case you missed the movie you just saw. There's like one tiny, 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 tiny portion in that where it seems that he has caught on that she lured them there. Yeah. Yeah. When the lady at the store says, hey, I remember you, but she couldn't remember her because she's like 20 years older now. So that part is the only thing in that whole flashback that is even interesting. But he doesn't even like, he doesn't even have, when they come out of the flashback, he doesn't even have this look on his face like, oh, that bitch. He's just like, Gah. you know, lost in space. So it doesn't even work. Yeah, I think, uh, really, the, this this film had an interesting concept. And 
I do like the way that a lot of things were executed. I do like the look of Babyface as a killer. I like the idea of this family of killers instead of being a bunch of uh, bushwhacking rednecks. They're just really bent filmmakers and they're all acting. And even like the mongoloid killer is acting and that makes it pretty interesting. It's a, it's, it's a spin on it that I hadn't really seen before. Mm-hmm. But again, there's just pitfalls of weak writing. Yeah. Yeah, where that, you know, diarrhea mythology and, and, and diarrhea filmmaking philosophy. And I use the word diarrhea a lot. But yeah. uh, no, the um, when he breaks character, when Babyface breaks character is one of the most chilling points. But it's like a point. Yeah. Um, you had called me out on, like, you're talking about the strong women, the hot women, the, the strong hot, hot, the hot women, women that are believably hot, not overly hot. They're believably hot. Right. Regular girls, regular Right, girls. right, right. And um, when, you know, she's she's done with this shit. She's basically, like, out of there. The one main character, the the uh, documentary maker's go- girlfriend, where she decides this is too screwed up. The, the killer's up my boyfriend. I'm done. She's like, I'm out of here. And she runs. Right. And she basically runs into the most horrifying scene of the film. Right. Basically. A bunch of bodies hanging on hooks. Yeah. Getting ready to be turned into, uh, what, are, what did they say? They were turning them into, like, bacon or something like that? Well, no, the guy had said they were smoking them. Smoking so perver- them. Preserving them. Preserving or them, Or perversing right. them. Reversing the I'm right. making up words now. But yeah, she jumps into that barrel of gore. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like quite the leap. I, I, I personally felt when in final girl scenarios, which she became, I suppose, uh, even though it's kind of like not, there wasn't really much of a body count in the floor. Well, I guess it was, but uh, she became like the final girl and like, I guess her like metamorphosis into oh badass killer chick. You know, coming out of... She just birthed out of the pit of gore. Yeah, birthed out of the pit of gore. I just felt like, you know, it had, it had literally been a minute mm-hmm. between she was just like... I'm out of here, I'm yeah, done. GTFO, guys. I'm gone. You're fucking... This is your problem now. And, and then now... She, but I guess maybe she's like, well, I'm fucking... Now I'm badass. I was birthed out of a friggin' a vat of gore. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me go. Yeah, it yeah. definitely seemed like, you know, I hope she got like hazard pay or something like that because I can only imagine what sitting in something like that would do to your body. Oh, she probably didn't sit there long and I'm down with that. Whatever, sure. Even if it was real pig blood, I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Yeah, but that's you though. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right. <laughs> Fucking right it is. <laughs> Fuck, how do you know I don't do that all the time? I'm pretty much convinced that you do now. Look at the skin. You don't get skin like this without sitting in a big vat of fucking blood every day for like at least a couple minutes. Well, ladies, you heard it here first. Beauty tip <laughs> from typical Lydia. Oh, God. <laughs> don't listen to her. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I didn't know you were such a trendsetter. Elizabeth Elizabeth Bathory was doing it first. That's not. I didn't set that trend. Oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think I saw her doing that. She had sunglasses on though, so it was kind of douchey. No, yeah, whatever. There's no sunglasses invented when Elizabeth Bathory was around. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's late. 
Oh, it is. I'm tired. On that note, would you recommend this movie? Definitely. Definitely. It's fun. It's super fun. And that's my favorite part about it is that you can sit back and it's not turn brain off and insert movie um, by any means. But it is fun and it does chase the myth of horror movies that I wish still existed, that existed in the VHS days of the 80s where you didn't have the internet to tell you everything about a movie. You couldn't go chasing locations. It was So it's a really fun journey that way. To be so, so enthralled with a movie and its filmmaker, to go chasing after it, it's kind of interesting. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I like it too. Uh, you know, it's great visually. There are good uh, special effects. Um, you know, the kills are nice. Uh, I think that it does suffer from some weak writing and some weak acting in some parts. But, I mean, that kind of is par for course when you're dealing with... Uh, Direct to DVD. It's certainly not the worst. Uh, certainly not the worst I've ever seen. Um, I think in, in in terms of like this sort of uh, wave of self aware horror, it is probably better than Scream because I just feel like that panders to a general audience and is and horror is the butt of the joke as opposed to really celebrating horror at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really just kind of like Wes Craven just saying how much he hates the genre that he like it is it's really just him it's him just saying how much he hates the genre that he basically like helped and how much people dislike the fans yeah yeah but uh, the fans dislike the genre itself I I think for the best self-aware horror it's probably behind the mask the rise of Leslie Vernon just because of how in-depth they go into it uh, and the way that it was shot but I'd say a close second uh, in this, in the whole self-aware genre that we have going on now, that uh, I want to go, uh, I want to have it go away soon, but it's here for a bit, anyways. Uh, Hills Run Red, mm-hmm. it's definitely a good watch. Uh, if you can find it on the cheap, I found my copy for five bucks. So. I found mine for four ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, typical Lydia, and I'm Wes Snipe, and you've been listening to Dead Air. <laughs>